Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Let's recite our mission statement. It is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And what we experience today is is a foretaste of that. That's what we're trying to do. We're coming to this place, not just for another service, but to have an impartation of the Holy Spirit and the Lord working in our life and connect with Him on an intimate level. That is the target. And our relationship with Jesus is the key to this intimacy and to this goal that we have, which is our vision, which is to become disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. So it begins, and I talked extensively about this last week. If you missed the message, the target, I encourage you to go back because it really defines who we are and what God has called us to do and how we're going to get there. The mission to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ is the vehicle to get us to the goal or the vision to become disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. And this small church is already doing that globally, impacting people all across the globe because of your faithful giving, because of your prayers, because of your support, all of those things God is using us in a powerful, powerful way, greater than what we realize. I don't think that we're going to fully understand, or we may never really know the impact that we're making already not only in our community, but in the, across the globe. So I want to encourage all of us in that. I'm really excited about this, this uh, lesson this morning. Um, uh, we're in the series, Give, Go, Grow. And today I'm going to be talking about serving. I think that we talk about having life application teachings where we can take the Word of God and we can live this out on a daily basis and do what Jesus called us to do to become disciples and then go and make disciples. And I think that this is uh, serving is one of the most impacting things that we can do to grow in our relationship with the Lord and impact the world around us. And so uh, just to go back to the series title, Give, Give, Go, Grow, we're giving to purchase a building and get into a, a larger space space. Um, we're uh, going to expand the territory that I believe that God is, is uh, asking us to step into. And there, then we're growing spiritually more mature to impact and reach more people that we grow up and that we become more mature, but also so that we can go and train up and equip other disciples. Life Fellowship has a, a culture here of generosity. And I'm so thankful for, for you that are so generous in giving. Now, so many of you showed up yesterday, and uh, we moved the majority of the stuff from the back building to the, the warehouses. And you guys are just rocking on that, and I so appreciate that. But not only are you giving of your time and your talents, but also your treasures. And uh, we know that giving is a godly characteristic. God loved the world so much that he... And so we talk about giving a lot because that's a godly character as we give of our time, our talents, our treasure, our life. As we give to those in need, we're reflecting the Lord. The Lord gives us everything. We are so blessed. Even the poorest among us are more blessed than than many people across the the world. We were talking yesterday and I said, isn't it amazing? We go into HEB or uh, Kroger or somewhere and 
we don't have just a few choices of cereal to choose from. We have probably 50 or 60. Any, anything, that, anything that we want is at our disposal. And Pastor Mohan will be here in, in a few months, in uh, the middle of November. And he, t- he travels all over the world. He, he, uh, he shepherds th- hundreds or thousands of pastors. I don't even know how many. And he said that there's two, two countries that he's seen that are, are just blessed. Israel and the United States. And we are so tremendously blessed. And are we being blessed so that we can bless others? Or are we hoarding the blessings of God? Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so, unre- which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. You know, you think about the scripture for our enjoyment, not just to meet our needs, so that we, but so that we can enjoy life. John 10.10, 10, you know it? The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you would have life in abundance, abundant life. And so God wants us to enjoy life, and he's giving us everything that we have. There is so much in the scripture. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud or not to trust in their money which is so unreliable, when we understand that everything comes from him. Everything comes from him. Breath, all the, all the riches, all the things that we have, the giftings, the talents, the abilities that we have. Tr- their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Our needs are met by God. And what I've found that most of my wants are met by him as well. And so we are blessed to be a blessing. So this morning I'm, t- I'm going to talk about serving. So stay with me. Let's go to Ephesians 6 verse 7. Work with enthusiasm as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. I want us to be the best employees at our uh, places of employment. I mean, we should be setting the standard. We should be the ones that, that others are modeling after. I remember as an example, I worked in the lab, and uh, I always kept really good lab notebooks. I mean, it's really important when you're doing research and development to, to keep good records and, and uh, make sure all the data is recorded. And my boss came to me one day and said, hey, we're doing some training. We'd like to make a copy of your, uh, your, your lab notebook. I said, okay. I'm kind of curious why. And, and she said, because you do such a great job, we want to use that as a standard. We want to use that to train with. That's what I'm talking about, that we would do our work with such excellence that our bosses would come to us and say, hey, we want to use you as an example. We want people to shadow you and, and, sh- and show them how to do this thing. And so we want to excel in our job, but how much more in serving the Lord? Huh. Why would we serve our boss and then get to church and, and just take on a different attitude? Why don't we serve the Lord in the manner in which Jesus serves us? So this, uh, I want to talk a little bit about a story um, that, that, that's found in Matthew 20. And the mother of James and John comes to Jesus and she says, Hey, when you enter your kingdom, can, can my son sit on your right and left? And I, I kind of envision it like this, like she would walk over to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, how are you doing today? I, I'm having a conversation with Jesus. Do you mind? Jesus, uh, 
when, when you enter your kingdom, can my two sons sit on your right and left? Now, when the disciples found out about this, they were a little miffed. They were like, hey, what's up, homies, throwing us under the bus? You want to be next to Jesus? So they were a little upset about this, but this is what Jesus tells them. He's, he, but Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. In the world, we see position and authority as a triangle, right? Everybody wants to be at the top, the president or the CEO of the company or whatever, and it's a dog-eat-dog world out there. But in, in Christ's kingdom, it's an inverted triangle. And so we should be at the bottom of the triangle serving others. And that's, that's the concept that Jesus was trying to teach them and I believe today Jesus is trying to teach us the same thing, reinforce this. He goes on to say, but among you what will be different? Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. That, that runs counter to our natural, our fleshly carnal ability, right? We want to we be exalted. We want to be the leader. And Jesus is saying, if, if you want to lead, you've got to be a servant. And then he goes on and drills down even further. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. A slave. Huh, that's not very popular. Who wants to be a slave? I want to be a slave. That means I have no rights. That means everybody tells me what to do, and I have to do it. <laughs> and so Jesus is saying, you must become a slave. And this Greek word for slave is doulos, and it means someone who belongs to someone else. They have no ownership, no rights. They don't own anything. They're told what to do, how to do it, when to do it. They're, they're devoted to another with no regard for their own interest. Matthew 20, 28, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to save others and give his life as a ransom for many. But the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus exampled this type of service that he was teaching on. Sacrifice, we know that Jesus sacrificed, we know that he was obedient, we know that he served. And I believe that Jesus is calling us to servant leadership. <laughs> I have a friend, many of you know Elliot, and he said, you know, we have all these uh, conferences on leadership, and we're teaching people how to be good leaders. Well, I think we need some conferences on servanthood. <laughs> we, need to learn how to, we need to learn how to serve, because that's what Jesus called us to do, is to serve and the word says, if we humble ourselves, he will exalt us. If we exalt ourselves, he will humble us. And so in this church, we're about servant leadership. You know the, the term wit. What does it mean? Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Because this is our church. This is what God has given us to do. This is what God has called us to do. And so nobody's too good to do anything. And so we have this wit attitude. It's, it's an upside-down behavior from the world. But that's the kind of love that will change the world. Let me give you some insight. That's the kind of thing that will change our hearts. 
Because sometimes I think we need a change of our perspective that we, we need to, to model serving. And, and I've used this example before, but I love it so much. How, how can I serve you? What can I do? Would you like something to eat? How can I serve you? One, one you've got something on your... Here, let me get that for you. What is, what is our heart towards serving? Have you ever, have you ever been to a restaurant... And, and you have a server, but they've got a cruddy attitude. <laughs> we tip them good anyway. What, what's their heart? Um, I remember, uh, and in fact, we saw an example of this last Thursday. There were a number of you that were here that were packing, and we went and had lunch. And so sometimes I'll begin to pick up trays or food and... Uh, I was taking it to the, the dumpster, and Karen jumped up, and she started grabbing someone. I was grabbing her so I could take them. But that's the kind of heart and attitude that Jesus is looking for. And as another example, I remember we were leading the, the college and career a number of years ago, and we were at a conference center, and, and they had these trays. And so we would go through line. It's kind of cafeteria style. We'd go through and get our food. And so I started, after I eat, I started picking up people's trays and taking them to the place where we drop them off. And uh, the, the next meal, a, a couple of the college and career, they caught on and they began to do it. By the time we left, they were eating real fast and they would be standing there. Can I take your tray? And it became like a competition. But see, you know, sometimes we need a model. We need an example to inspire us and say, hey, wait a minute, they're serving. I can do that. And you get such joy out of giving and serving that it kind of catches fire. So it's not about being served. The Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for all of us. So sometimes we need a shift in our thinking. We need, we need to have a heart transplant or a heart change. As we serve God's people, we're serving him. Philippians 2, 1 through 5. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Are we tender and compassionate toward one another? Do we really love one another? Or are we just coming with our own agendas? Are we coming for our own needs to be met? And I know that we have needs, and I know that we have agendas, but what if we can begin to put those aside and say, God, nothing else. I want nothing else but you. I want you to transform my life so that that I'm thinking differently. Romans 12, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so as God begins to touch our heart and change our heart, it changes our actions. Are your hearts tender and compassionate? And Paul goes on to write, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. 
And I don't think he's saying here that you, ne- that you always agree on everything. My wife and I don't agree on everything. But you know what? We're connected in unity wholeheartedly. We're moving the same direction because she knows it's not all about her. And I try to realize it's not all about me. And, and so we're working together. But that's, that's a, a level of growth and maturity that happens when it becomes not about me, but about him. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. So when we work together in unity with one mind, one heart, one purpose, things go so much better. And I was so excited and pleased to see everybody showing up last Monday and then on Thursday continuing to pack and then Saturday putting all the stuff and loading it up and taking it over. You know, it's hard to move stuff and, and get things in the right place. And so we're trying to make sure we get everything in the right place. But we are working together in unity. And there were some things that, that PC said, oh, well, I, th- I think we ought to pack this. And, I, I'm, well, let's do this. You know, we came to a resolve. We came to agreement wholeheartedly because we're not looking at the individual little things, but we've got a bigger goal. We've got to get out of that back building by the end of this month. And so I don't know what's going to happen here, but we're going to have to get out of this building in a couple of months too. But I know that God has a purpose and a plan, and he's going before us like one on sharing. I don't know what that looks like, but faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So we don't see it yet. And, and we've been talking a lot about faith over the past few months. Well, okay. You want to talk about faith? Let's go out and live it out now. You want to know about faith? You want to know what faith looks like? All right. You're going to get out of this building in a couple of months. Where are we going to go, God? I don't know. But I know that he told Abraham, hey, go to the land. What I will show you. And so I know that God is going to lead us. But we're talking about serving today. We're talking about loving one another enough to put our own desires and our own stuff down and honor and serve somebody else. Philippians 2 continues. Well, let me, he says, and loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. And so it was really interesting and timely, I think, that what I shared last week was about our purpose, our, our mission, and our vision. Because if we don't know where we're going, any road will get us there. But we have clear direction on where we're going as a church family to become disciples, committed followers of Christ. And I'm not talking about living a perfect life and never making a mistake. I'm talking about a heart that's committed to him and yielded to him and allowing him to work in our hearts and life to get us to that place where we become disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ, where we can train and equip them so that they can go and make disciples. And so the the equipping classes that we're doing on Wednesday are to equip us and prepare us. How can we be more effective and as, we, as we're serving him, we are growing as we develop in this relationship and as we maintain this relationship of intimacy, intimacy, as we model that, we're being further developed, maintaining. And what a great opportunity we have to get to lead somebody to the Lord or invest in their lives or impact them, their lives in a powerful way where they begin to think about this relationship with Jesus and maybe they come to him and, and maybe they begin to grow and they begin to change and God begins to heal their life, 
heal their marriage, heal their family. So it's important that we understand the purpose and the plan that God has for us. He goes on to write, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Who's he writing to? He's writing to the church. Do we ever get selfish? <laughs> do, I, do we ever try to impress someone else? Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. To hold others, to esteem others above yourself, and then to view them as superior. Are we willing to do that? Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. We must have the same attitude that Christ modeled and had. Bless those who persecute you. Huh. Oops. Tough stuff. Bless those who persecute you. Don't, don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. This is tough stuff. This is real stuff. Are, are, are we, are we going to say that we're a committed follower of Christ? Are we willing to live this thing out and do what he says to do? Don't curse them. Pray for them. Pray God's blessing for them. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Come on, God. Oh, I don't want to do that. Here's the point. We can't do that on our own. We need him. We need his presence. We need his Holy Spirit. We need this transformation to change our hearts. And so I pray this prayer on a regular basis. Lord, help me to love them like you love them because I don't really like them right now, much less love them. So Lord, help me to have your heart toward them. Help me to love them like you love them and like you love me. And as we begin to pray that prayer with sincerity, God does something in our hearts and lives. Do good to those who hate you. Do you have any haters out there? Do you know how hard it is when, when you try to help people and you, you pour into their life and you love on them and you do everything that you can and then they go out in the community and they're stabbing you in the back and you're like, what have I ever done to hurt you but to try to love you? Do you know how hard that is? You know how hard that is because it's happened to you too. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Forgive those who hurt you. That's a choice that we make. Bless those who curse you. That's a choice that we make. Be kind to those who persecute you. Another choice that we make. This is a demonstration of the love of Christ living in us. Listen, if we don't look any different than the world, how are people going to know that we're Christian? James said, I'll show you my faith by my good works. <laughs> I'm not only going to tell you about it, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go out and live this thing out. And I'm going to be a model and I'm going to be a demonstration of what it looks like because people don't want to hear it anymore. 
They want to see somebody walking this thing out. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 20, 26 through 28. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. And Romans 12, 9 and 10, don't just pretend to love others. Have you ever done that? Oh, I love you. I can't stand that person. <laughs> or have you ever, you know, had that, that vibe come back from somebody, oh, I love you. And you're going, no, you don't. If you loved me, you would treat me differently. If you really loved me, you wouldn't talk about me behind my back. If you wouldn't love me, it wouldn't be fake. It would be real. There would be something to back up what you're saying, not just empty words. Don't just pretend to love others. Stop playing church. Stop being fake. Be real with kindness and grace. <laughs> but, you know, this is a heart transformation that has to take place because we can't do it on our own. Really love them, he goes on to say. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring one another. You know how it feels when you, when you do something nice for someone? That's taking delight in honoring one another. Our service can be an indication of God's character in our life. It can be. I think a lot of it depends on our attitude. What's our attitude when we're serving? We can perform a task well that have a really cruddy serving attitude. We can perform a task well, but have a cruddy serving attitude, a cruddy heart. Or we can serve others with a great attitude and a great heart while performing a test. Let me, let me give you some examples. So maybe you're on the brew crew and you're making coffee. What's your attitude? Oh, I'm making coffee. Or I'm making the best coffee in town. And it's not $5 a cup. It's free. But see, my heart is not, a, a, my, my focus, my motivation is not about making the coffee. It's about I'm making coffee that I can serve someone. You see the difference? And so if our heart is for serving, then the task is the vehicle just to serve. It's just something to do. And I don't, I don't know uh, what you guys are doing in First Impressions, but, uh, well, let me ask you this. Who in this church is on the First Impressions team? <laughs> That's the right answer. That is the answer I was looking for right there. Everybody is on the First Impressions team. And so say somebody comes up and they're new, and they say, hi. And you say, hey, how are you? And uh, I, I'm Mark. I'm Jim. Hey, Jim, nice to meet you. Would you like some coffee? Yeah, there's coffee over there. There's some donuts over there. Or, hey, Jim, would you like some, some coffee and donuts? Yeah. Well, how do you drink your coffee, man? Let me, let me get you a cup of coffee. Have you ever been in, uh, I've seen this happen at Home Depot a lot. I go in, and I'm looking for something. And I'm like, hey, do you have this widget or, you know, whatever? And they're like, yeah, I, I, it's over there. Let's see, it's on aisle 12. It's down 12 or 13 down there. 
Okay. So, so I, I go down to aisle 12 or 13, and I'm looking for the thing. Or I've been there where, hey, I'm looking for a widget. Uh, do you know where that is? Yeah, come on, let me show you. It's right here. Is this what you're looking for? See the difference? So what if we have this heart of attitude of serving one another? Cliff, I know you don't drink coffee. Can I get you a cold water? Bobby Joe, you, you like your coffee black. Let me get you a cup of coffee, man. How do you like your coffee? You, you like it with cream? Well, we have French vanilla. We have regular. We have hazelnut. Do you use sugar in your coffee? We have the artificial sweeteners. We have real sugar. What, how can I serve you? Not how can I, okay, I'll get you a cup of coffee. The donuts are, here, have a donut. That's what I want to see us doing. I want there to be this culture of serving. And so when somebody comes up, and it doesn't have to be a new person, it could be somebody that's here every Sunday. Let me get you a cold water. Let me, let me get you a cup of coffee. I know, I know how he drinks his coffee. I know he doesn't drink coffee, so water would be good for him. I know he's eating healthy, so he's not going to have a donut. <laughs> or... He is going to have a donut, whatever, <laughs> a healthy donut. But, but God is wanting us to not look at the task. He's wanting us to have a heart of serving him in all that we do. So if serving is a chore, if I resent serving, I think I've got a heart issue. I think I've got a heart problem because Jesus came to serve and he's called us to serve. It's a matter of our heart. And the Lord provides opportunities for us to serve him and serve his people. Do you know that it's a privilege? It, it, it's an honor and a privilege for me to be in this position and to get, to, to get up here and share the word of God with you. That I get to, to work and say, God, what do you want me to share this week? Give me a word. Give me the scriptures. Give me the things. You know, this is a privilege and an honor that I get to do this. And it's a privilege and an honor for you to serve. Because, listen, none of us are, are irreplaceable. And it's an honor and privilege that we get to serve his people. I texted a friend of mine, and the Lord gave me a word for him, and it was like... Um, God trusts you enough with his people, his prized possessions, to lead them as a pastor. It's a privilege and an opportunity for us. And what I find, I heard somebody tell me uh, one time, they said, my serving is hindering my relationship with the Lord. And I'm like, wow, that is opposite because as we serve, as our heart is to serve God, it, it doesn't push us away from him. It shouldn't push us away from him. It should draw us closer to him. Our actions reveal our hearts. And the word says, out of the abundance of our heart, out of the overflow of our heart, does our mouth speak. So the things that we're speaking are an overflow from our heart. Now, that can be good. It can also be 
indicting? What are we speaking? Are we speaking life and blessings and love over one another? Are we cursing one another? Love your enemies. Come on, God. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who curse you. Do good to those who try to harm you. This servant thing is not an easy thing to do because it requires dying to our flesh and yielding to him and obeying him. There are seven motivational gifts, and we talked about this a few weeks ago. Prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, kindness. And so the word says if we have those gifts... We're to use them. We're to use them well. Romans 12, 6. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things average. For doing things, certain things well. So let me ask you to ask yourself, are you using the gifts God has given you? So, If God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. That was a word for somebody today that the Lord gave me. I had to step out in faith. I said, God, I know that this is a word for somebody. I don't know who it's for, but I know that this is a word for somebody. And so God says... You know, be sensitive to him, yield to him, and allow God to work through your life. If your gift is serving others, hey, serve them well. Come on, you want some coffee? Let me get you some coffee. It's not over there on on aisle 12. It's right here in my hand that I'm giving to you. If you're a leader, uh, I'm sorry, if you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging please. <laughs> that, that's one of my giftings. And there have been I, so many times where the Lord has prompted me to call somebody and encourage them. And I'm like, God, I'm busy right now. <laughs> I'm in the middle of something right now. But it's not about me. And what I found is God is gracious. Sometimes I would be working and I would be in the middle of an experiment or something and God would tell me, hey, I've got a word for you. I want, you to, I want to give you something. I want you to encourage someone. And I'm like, God, I, you know, five more minutes with this experiment. Can, can you give me five? And I found that God is gracious to me like that. But I'm not going to, after five, go, you know, just ignore what he's done. I'm going to go get in that quiet place with him, or I'm going to go talk to that person or, or do whatever. God is, is looking to use us to work through our lives if we are willing. And it changes us. If your gift is giving, give generously. We have a lot of generous givers. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Let me tell you, that's a, kind, that's a gift that all of us should have, kindness. <laughs> to love one another, to love others. And uh, we looked at this earlier. Don't just pretend to love others. Don't just pretend to. Really love others. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. 
And I think that that's one of the things that is resident within this family. There's true love here. Nobody's perfect here. But you know what? We love one another. And that's demonstrated by how we treat one another. And we're all growing. We're growing in that whole thing of loving one another. But it's good. It's good when we come and dwell together in love. Hey, what is wrong? Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Let's get to verse 13. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. I think that this message could be one of the most life-impacting, life-changing messages that will come from this pulpit this year. But it's up to us to yield and to serve and to be the hands and feet. As I look across this room, I see so many wonderful, authentic, loving relationships that, I'm a, that I get to be a part of. And I don't think there's anything more precious in this life other than my relationship with Jesus than this relationship with you guys. And I know that to have this level of relationship requires a, a, a vulnerability. And I've been hurt, man. I've been hurt deeply. But the hurt was worth the risk for the relationships that I have in my life. And if this church is not about anything else, it's about loving Him and loving one another. We're going to teach you the Word. We're going to challenge you to go out and live this thing out. But this is a target. Love is the target. And service is many times the vehicle that God will use to express our love and to, for him to pour into us and for us to give that out. And through that process, we grow. We grow in that. My mic. You guys okay? Good. I want to bless you. Lord, I thank you for this wonderful, wonderful family. God, I know that you have great things in store for us individually and corporately. And we just give you praise and glory and honor and thanks for what you're doing, for the, the times of trials and testing because that builds our faith. And, and your word says when our faith is complete, then we are complete lacking nothing. So, Lord, we thank you for the season. And I just pray a blessing over everyone and, and pray that uh, this this understanding of serving would grow in us. This, More importantly, the desire to serve you and to serve your people would grow in us at a greater level. And so, Lord, as we go from this place, we pray that you would continue to guide us and lead us each step of the way, that we would see and seize the opportunities that you place before us to share the hope and the love of Christ with others, and then to go out and live it to be an example. So we pray this prayer with great expectation in Jesus' name. The prayer team will be over here. They're already over there, some of them. Uh, if, you, if you have some prayer needs or prayer requests.
And I want to thank you for being here this morning. And I want to challenge you as always to change the world around you. You are world changers. And we do that as we go out and live it. You're dismissed. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.